Thank, thank you. While you're standing, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. I've been in chapel a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, man, I've got revived. I mean, if, I, I think if I got to go to chapel four days a week, I'd be revived, okay? But it has been wonderful. Every message I've heard uh, has been outstanding. Acts chapter uh, 16, and I, I'm going to begin reading with verse 5. Acts chapter 16 and verse 5. So were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Paul and his new partner, Silas, are on the second missionary journey. And they've been visiting all of the churches that they had started on the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas. Now look at verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Pergia and the regions of Galatia and the statement and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. That's where they had preached during their first missionary trip. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Now, there might have been a little bit of frustration, okay? Hey, we're just going to preach the gospel? And I'm not even sure how the Spirit spoke to him, but I, th I think the point is here, they were very sensitive daily to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Don't get too fixed in your own way, okay? Be sure that daily you're listening to God. What did have you do? And they passed by Mysia and came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, we, and Luke joins the team at this time, from then on, he's with Paul till his end. We, after we'd seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering <clears throat> that the Lord had caused us to preach the gospel unto them. Dear Lord, thank you for your Bible, the Word of God. Thank you for the passage we've read today. Speak to our hearts through it. <clears throat> and Lord, whatever you do today or any time in our lives, we'll be sure <clears throat> to bow our heads, bend our knees, and give you all the honor and all the glory. Thank you for what we have already heard in chapel today. What a blessing that was. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> In his commentary on the book of Acts, Dr. Warren Wiersbe says that, remember that 
not only are the steps of the Lord ordered, not only the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but the stops of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, now notice, uh, Paul had fully intend to go back through Asia preaching on his second missionary tour. And, and the Holy Spirit said, no, no, stop, stop. Let me give you a little, little bit of personal testimony. While pastoring a church in Providence, Kentucky, I wrote an article on missions that was published in the Western Recorder, the state paper for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. The paper was read not only by most of the Southern Baptists in Kentucky, but was sent to many who were serving God around the world, who had studied at Louisville Seminary, Southern Seminary in Louisville. A few weeks after I wrote this article, or the article was published in the Western Recorder, I received a letter from Japan. It was from Donald Mobley, a missionary servant in Akita Prefecture of Japan. The letter read like this, Dear Brother Sis, I read with much interest your article in the Western Recorder. I don't know anything about you. I don't know your age. I don't know your educational attainment. I don't know your background. However, as I read this article, I could not help but think, whoever wrote this article has a heart for missions. Brother Sis, my wife and I are the only Baptist missionaries in Akita, Japan. There are 3.5 million people living in this prefecture. And then at the end of his lesson, here was a question. What would keep you from coming to Japan? I, I thought about that question. I, I, I read that letter to the church I was pastoring. I said, pray for me. I read the letter to the people of my church. I thought about it so often. About two months after that, I went to an evangelistic conference in Louisville, Kentucky. Dr. Baker Cawthon, the executive secretary of the Foreign Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, preached an unbelievably great message entitled, The Untold Millions. As I listened, I began to think of the ways that I could encourage my church and other churches to give more money for missions. But by the end of the message, I knew that God was not speaking to my heart about giving more money to missions, but about going to the mission field. That night, as I returned to the Brown Hotel, I had a roommate, Brother Archie Oliver. And after I knew that Brother Oliver was asleep, he said, how'd you know he's asleep? You couldn't see in the dark. I heard him snoring. 
I've roomed with several Baptist preachers. I don't think I've ever roomed with one that did not snore, okay? <laughs> must be, a, must be a, a Baptist thing, okay? But uh, after I heard Brother Archie snoring, I uh, got my Bible, went in the bathroom, closed the door, and on my face before God that night, I prayed a simple prayer like this, Dear Lord, I don't know how I can go to the mission field. I was a Southern Baptist and I knew that in order to go with the Southern Baptist, I'd have to go three years of seminary and it was very liberal and I was not gonna subject myself to that. But my prayer was simple, dear Lord, if you'll open the door and show me the way, I'll go. Hey, by the way, God is good at opening doors. Amen. I mean, he, to, to me, he said, stop. I was pastoring the Second Baptist Church in Providence, Kentucky. Uh, the second largest church in our association had invited me to become their pastor. And I had a pretty good future looking at me. But God said, stop. By the way, I'm glad I stopped. He said, in Akita, Japan, there are 3.5 million people. I was pastoring in Kentucky. In Providence, Kentucky, there were 3.5 thousand people. There were two other Southern Baptist churches. There was a Presbyterian church, a Methodist church, a Pentecostal church. I mean, 3.5 thousand. And I'm pastoring in a church of 3.5 thousand people. And Donald Mobley is in Akita, Japan, where there are 3.5 billion million people. Something's not quite right about those numbers. I think this morning, if we would listen, stop, and listen to what God says. I can't help but believe that God the Holy Spirit might say to some young men, to some young ladies this morning, come over into Romania and help us. Come over into Hungary and help us. Come over in Ukraine to help us. Come over in the Philippines and help us. I don't know how many times I've landed in a capital city. On the way from the capital city to the church, I would, or the area I would be ministering with a missionary, we'd go through city after city and it would sound like a broken record. 
Happened in country after country. Brother Shisk. As far as I know, there is no gospel preaching city, church. No gospel preaching missionary in this city. He didn't say there's no Bible-believing, fundamental, independent, non-charismatic, you know, <laughs> Baptist, no. And by the way, I'm all those things, okay? No, no, there's no gospel preaching missionary in this city. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people, you think about the 1040 window, billions of people who have nobody, nobody that's preaching the gospel to them. Come over into Nepal and help us. Come over in the synagogue. Come over into the Ivory Coast. Come over into Kenya. Come over into France. Come over into Germany. Come over and help us. Could I urge you this morning, stop just for a minute. Listen. No, not to a loud mouth preacher. Listen to the Holy Spirit of God. I made a statement many years ago preaching down in Florida near Miami. My daughter and son-in-law were teaching in a school there. And I made this statement. What are you doing that would keep you from going and preaching the gospel to the unreached billions of people around the world? And my son-in-law came forward. He was teaching school and selling insurance. He said, Dad, Anybody could teach school. Anybody could sell insurance. Probably do a better job than me. He said, I'll go. You said, with your son-in-law, he's going to take your daughter to the foreign mission field. He's going to take your grandchildren. Thank God. Thank God. By the way, I believe the reason that many of you have never considered the mission field is because your parents don't really want you to go to the mission field. Huh? You say, well, see, how can you say that? I've met too many parents that actually said that. I never will forget Lynchburg, Virginia. Beautiful home, beautiful Christian people. We're eating lunch. And the mother says to Brother David Ralston, the pastor, Brother Austin, I get very nervous every time we have a mission conference. Brother Austin inquired, why do you get nervous about a mission? I have two teenagers, a girl, a boy. Both of them are very dedicated Christians. 
and I'm scared to death that God is going to call one of them to the mission field. You say, Brother Sis, is that rather common? I'm, I'm afraid it is. I hope it isn't. But I'm afraid it is. And it may be common, but it's not Christian. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Think about how much God loved you. And by the way, that means he loves everybody in the world. That's right. Come over into El Salvador and help us. Every missionary that comes through here, you say, what do you need? We need laborers. We need laborers. Jesus said it very plainly. The harvest truly is plenteous. And by the way, when he said it, the population was nothing compared with today. The harvest truly is, think about it, 7.9 billion people living on planet Earth. God must be saying from heaven, the harvest truly is plenteous. Come over. Hey, students, what are you thinking about doing after you finish West Coast Baptist College? Could somebody else do that? If you would answer God's call to the mission field, if God would speak to you today and say, hey, somebody else could do that, You've gotten, you're getting a good Christian education. You're learning about soul winning. You have something that the world needs. Come over and help. Oh, but that would mess up my plans. What's more important? Your plans or God's plan? Come over into Macedonia and help us. You say, well, okay, that's an old 88-year-old man trying to get people to go to the mission field. Let me read you something from a 21-year-old college student getting ready to graduate had every kind of offer you could possibly think about. Listen to one page out of his journal. Here it is. Surely, those who know the great passionate heart of Jehovah must deny their own loves to share the expression of his love. Consider the call from above. Go ye 
into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Consider the call from about us. Come over. You put the country there. Come over and help us. Consider the call from the damned souls in hell. Send Lazarus that he may tip his finger in water and drop a little water on my tongue. I'm being tormented. Listen. Listen. Impelled by them, by these voices, I dare not stay home while the Aqua Indians are perishing, having never heard the gospel message. So what if the well-fed church in the homeland needs stirring? They have the scriptures, Moses, the prophets, and a whole lot more. Their condemnation is written on their bank books and on the dust of their Bible covers. American believers have sold their lives to the service of mammon. And God has his rightful way of dealing with those who succumb to the spirit of Laodicea. Jim Elliot. He said, well, he wouldn't try to reach the injury, but he got killed. They martyred him. I was thinking this morning, you think Jim Elliot, Nate Saint, Roger Udaren, the other two fellas up in heaven, sitting around saying, good night, we wasted our life. We gave our life trying to reach the sun reached dry. No, I think they're looking at the thousands and thousands Amen. of people yeah. who read about what they did and are now serving God all around the world. Yeah. I think he's thinking about his own wife. I think Nate Saint would think about when he watched the man that put the spear in Nate Saint, baptized Nate Saint's son. He is no fool. He is no fool to give what he cannot lose, or, or, rather than to keep what he cannot keep. Listen, look at the response of Paul. Come over into Macedonia and, and help us. I hope the response that Paul gave 
would be the response that some of you would give today. Now, most of the teachers here, they've heard this sermon. I preached it years ago. Uh, six people committed their lives to be missionaries. Two of them to Japan. One young lady named Rebecca. One young man named James. They didn't know each other. But both of them committed their lives to be missionaries to Japan. And later they got to know each other, began to date, gave each other a testimony, and lo and behold, found out that both of them committed their lives to be missionaries to Japan that same day. And they're now in Japan. Amen. What happened? The Bible says, look at it in your book, in your Bible. And a vision appeared to Paul by night. There stood a man of Macedonia. Please listen to the voices today, folks. There stood a man of Macedonia. Prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Now here's his response. And after he'd seen the vision, immediately, look at the word immediately. I mean, they, God spoke to them. God, the Holy Spirit, spoke to them. Uh, they, they saw a vision. Now, you're not going to see any visions, okay? But they didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the scriptures. The Holy Spirit, one way or another, spoke to them. And in this way, he spoke to them through a vision. And the Bible says immediately. There are a lot of people that's going to do something sometime. And it never gets done. God deals with your heart about something immediately. You say, well, okay, God is leading me to the mission field. God is talking to me about going and helping in an area today. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to quit college and, and go on right now? No, no. But immediately, don't procrastinate. Immediately begin to make preparation for what God wants you to do. Whatsoever thy hands find to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. You going to do something? Do it. Immediately, they began to make plans. They began to burn some bridges. They refused to look back. You've read about Borden of Yale. His dad, a multimillionaire, owned the big dairy company, Borden Dairy Company. After high school graduation, his dad sent him on a trip around the world. He saw the great need and commended his life to be a missionary. He wrote in his Bible, no reservation. No reservation. He went back to school, yelled. Was a great influence on the student body, the entire student body. Worked in rescue missions, did all kind of great things. 
graduated with honors and master's degree. His dad and many other people realized it. Now that he has gone through this, he'll stay home and become president of the Borden Dairy Company. But he didn't. And when he was presented with all those opportunities, he wrote in his Bible, no retreat. He went to Egypt to study the language, contacted a disease that he knew he was going to take his life. And his mother got his Bible after he died. And below the words, no reservation, no retreat, he wrote the word, no regret. A lot of these older people here today could tell you to do what they've done through their lives. It's cost them something. But I guarantee you, they'd be glad to write in their Bible. No regret. Immediately. Notice the next word. Immediately we endeavored. Not a passive willingness. It was an honest effort. There were no doubt, hindrances, or obstacles in their way. And I'll guarantee you, if today you would commit your life to be a missionary, there'll be a lot of obstacles, and there will be a lot of tests. The obstacles may come from the devil, and the tests may come from the God that's calling you. And by the way, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Listen to Peter, 1 Peter 1. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. In spite of the obstacles, in spite of the trials, they went. Now look at the next word. Assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us. I've told these stories so many times about a young preacher he kept saying to me, Brother says, I'd give anything. To, I'd love to be a missionary. I wish we could go to the mission field. And he was a young man, pastor of the church. We were eating lunch today. He, he said it again. Brother says, I sure wish we could go to the mission field. I said, well, why don't you resign your church and go if you have that kind of desire? He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure God's called me. I said, okay, find, find a field that really needs the gospel. And you go over there and you win people to the Lord and, and you start churches and you train people. And even if God didn't call you, he'd probably forgive you. Amen. <laughs> oh, you say, I haven't been called. Have you really been called to do what you're planning to do? Or is it just your desire? What are you doing? What do you plan to do that somebody else 
could not do. Now look at the, the last statement, okay? Assuredly getting that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel. The people has never heard. I'll never forget a 76-year-old man that got saved. Now, I thought he was ancient then. I was 33, okay? Now I know he was just in prime of life, okay? The last word he said to me, he had never heard the gospel. Got saved the very first night he ever heard the gospel. Standing there in front of the building in Japan where our church was meeting, Mr. Kitanaka, with tears in his eyes, said to me, Shishiki Sensei, Toy, Toy, America Kara, Korareta, Warini, yes, I'm Nitsurte, Osheta, Kokoragara, Arigato, is our mission. But this is, you came a long way from America just to tell me about Jesus. From the depth of my heart, I want to thank you. I stood there that day and thought, I've got to tell thousands of Japanese about Jesus. I've seen hundreds of them say, but if that would have been the only one, it would have been worth it all. Needy people all over the world are calling. What's your response? What are you doing or planning to do that someone else could not do? if you would go and reach the people who have never one time heard the gospel message.